This week, we start our August preaching series by faith. We're spending four weeks in the book of Hebrews as we look at what it means to put our faith in God, what it means to live a faithful life. This summer, we spent time, about eight weeks together, talking about growth, talking about transformation, digging into God's word and the ways that it challenges us to be different tomorrow than the way we are today and understand the ways in which God is challenging us to grow and to change. This month, we'll be focusing on one of the mechanics of that change, that transformation, the faith that we put in his word. We're going to be looking at the book of Hebrews. Hebrews was a book written by a Christian to the Hebrew, the Jewish community of people that had heard about Jesus but didn't yet understand that he was the Savior. So you read through all the chapters of Hebrews and you begin to hear the story trying to convince people, trying to remind people, trying to reveal to people that this person, this Jesus who they had seen, who they had heard, who they had witnessed performing miracles and even whose death they had probably gathered around outside of Jerusalem on Good Friday and whose resurrection they had heard about, that was the promised Messiah. So there's references throughout Hebrews to the Old Testament, to prophets, to prophecies, to kings, to the history. And those, those historical references are an attempt to show the people reading the book that Jesus is who he said he was and that his claims about being the Messiah were in line with the character of God as revealed through Scripture, through the first five books, the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Old Testament written by Moses, through the accounts of the prophets, through the kings and their histories that were recorded all those years ago. So what can someone like you or me learn from a book like this that was written for somebody else? Well, we can find in this book an encouragement to cling to the faith that God has given us. So let's spend a little bit of time in Hebrews 10 and 11 today and learn what God has to show us about faith. But we are not like those who turn away from God to their own destruction. We are the faithful ones whose souls will be saved. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command, that what we see now did not come from anything that can be seen. It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man, and God showed his approval of his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God, who warned him about the things that had never happened before. By his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world, and he received the righteousness that comes by faith. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. And even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith, for he was like a foreigner living in tents. And so did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same promise. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and was too old. She believed that God would keep his promise. And so a whole nation came from this one man who was as good as dead, a nation with so many people that, like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, there is no way to count them. All these people died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. 
Obviously, people who say such things are looking forward to a country that they can call their own. If they had longed for the country where they came from, they could have gone back. But they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared a city for them. Wow, I don't know about you, but when I read through those uh, verses, that lengthy reading from Hebrews 10 and 11, sometimes I start to feel a little bit intimidated. Here's this historical account of what faith is all about. Believing that God exists, that He created the eternal universe, that He created the universe from nothing, that He is eternal and we are temporal. And then it goes through this historical list of people all the way from the first children on earth to the great forefathers of the Israelite nation to the people that believed in what God told them about what He would do in their lives without ever seeing it take place. And when I read those names and I hear those stories and I understand what it is they actually went through and accomplished, Noah building an entire ark, setting aside his life, his livelihood, uh, trusting that God was going to flood the entire earth. What kind of faith is this? And could I ever actually be someone who has that kind of faith? Sometimes when we talk about faith and believing what God has told us, we start to get into this strange mindset where we get competitive toward other people. We start to think, is my faith as good as my neighbor? Is it as good as my brother? Is it as good as my dad or my mom or my sister or my friend or this other church member? Do I believe as well as they do? Sometimes we start to get judgmental. We start seeing someone who's uh, persistent in their sin or making a mistake that they should have avoided. And we think, wow, they should really have a little bit more faith like I do. But then we come across a reading like this from Hebrews, and we maybe are convicted by this reality that we probably aren't going to match up to that same level of, of fame, of exemplary living, where the faith that they have changed the course of history. How could someone like me, broken, prideful, sinful, consumed with issues that I have going on in my life, caught up in the everyday, the things that are consuming my attention, distracted by the material things of this world, by my daily needs, instead of trusting in God's eternal plan. How could someone like me ever meet the standard that seems to be being set by the writer of Hebrews? It's just hard when we read through those historical accounts to think that we are supposed to be called to the same caliber of faith as them. But there's something about this reading that is being misunderstood when we approach it with that mindset. God didn't give us the gift of faith so that we could uh, compete with one another about who has the best faith or who has the strongest faith or who has the most faith. He didn't lay out these markers in the historical narrative in order that we might try and exceed their accomplishments of faith. If you think about it, that kind of underrides the entire idea of faith in the first place. Faith is trusting in God's promises in the face of our world, not uh, in the face of our world, trying to give us a different narrative. As an example, God may say, trust in me for the provision of your everyday needs rather than solely relying on your own efforts. And the world would say, if you want to eat, you better work. If you want to live in a big house, you better work harder. If you want to be wealthy, you better set aside your personal life and the care for your family and focus solely on your career. If you want to have uh, good friends, you better work hard to be cool, to stay in fashion, to have great vocabulary so that you can form relationships where you're being rewarded for who you are. And God says, trust me with your relationships. Let me bring you into contact with the right people. Faith goes against the worldly, uh, the worldly influence that tries to get us to do the things necessary to have a successful life, to be a successful person, to be an impactful person. Faith says, trust God with that. 
so that you can get to living a life oriented for his purposes rather than being caught up in one consumed with your own. The world's instructions to us always drive us to live kind of a selfish life, kind of a life that's simply trying to make a name for ourselves or or a, a, a fortune for ourselves. And God says, actually, a good reputation, even a historically good reputation, an exemplary one, doesn't come from the things that you do, the efforts that you put forth. It comes from trusting in the promises that he gives us. And here's where this reading from Hebrews really starts to gain some traction with us. When Jesus died on the cross, he paid the price for our deficiencies, for our sin, for the ways in which we can't meet God's standards. God paid the price for that through his son Jesus on the the cross. And when Jesus died and was raised back to life, our sins were wiped away and we were given this new identity as one of God's children. It wasn't because of anything we did. It's simply by believing the promise that he gives us through the work accomplished by Jesus, the only perfect person, that all of a sudden this gift of faith begins to transform and change us. The people mentioned in this reading from Hebrews, Noah, Abel, Enoch, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Sarah, these these examples of faith, these people who are looked up to as great accomplishments of what trusting in God can do in life. Each of them was broken. If you read through Genesis and you dig into the stories behind each of these people mentioned, man, were they broken. Man, were there some family issues. Wow, was there some selfishness and some heartbreak. But God, through the gift of faith, called them his own. And by trusting in that promise, they were made into people that we look up to. And that same gift of faith is the gift that's given to you and I through the, through the death and resurrection of Jesus. We are given the same promise. So it's not to try and live up to the example for the people in Hebrews that we are given this reading. Rather, it's a comfort to us because when we face hard days, when our faith is challenged, when we start to question whether we really count, whether we are genuine, we can look to these examples of real people, recognize that the promise that was given to them is the same promise that is given to us. Jesus died for our sin. Jesus transforms who you are through his work, not through our own. So though we may never live up to the example God gives us, he has transformed us through faith, believing in his promise, trusting that we are his children. That is where we meet the standard because Jesus' standard is applied to us through that act of faith. The other detail in this reading that I want you to to pay attention to is that each of these people were revered and exemplified because they looked forward. This first week, we want to talk about how faith looks forward. Abraham was trusting in a city, it says, whose foundations are eternal, whose designer and architect is God, the kingdom of God brought to bear on earth by Jesus Christ, that you and I are co-citizens in, we are brothers and sisters in because of the work of Jesus. We are a part of that city that Abraham was looking forward to. We have been brought into this kingdom, into this family, into this city, into this community by the promises of God. And this community is not simply earthly. It's not simply for the extent of our lifetime. This is an eternally significant and real community and city, civilization, family. Through Jesus, God gives us this gift of faith in which we join this group of people who are bound to an eternal relationship with God. And so our faith looks forward as well, no longer consumed with the competition of day-to-day life, no longer trying to meet the standard of, uh, of fortune, of, of a home, of a reputation. God 
gives us those things, promises to take care of them. And when we trust in his promises, we live a life characterized by his strength, by his accomplishments, by his assurances. So we don't have to worry about our own failures. When God says, by faith, you are my children. And these things that I have done count for you. Amen.